It's Roycey Unchained, presented by Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. And today, before we get into Joe Maurer might be first ballot, Kirk Cousins doing a very strategic media tour, Pat. Uh, if either one of those guys wants to buy a car or anyone listening wants to buy a car, where should they go? I would recommend that Joe Maurer go to Brett Paul and Jim Paul's Valley Group of GMC dealers in Apple Valley and Hastings. That's where I go. I've been going there for 15 years, maybe, and I bought my last five or six cars from uh, the Pauls at uh, Valley Group of GMC dealers. They have great, they have the best products they've ever had right now, Buick, and the variety is tremendous. SUVs in all sizes and uh, great deals going on at Jim Paul and Brett Paul's place right now. Apple Valley, Hastings, uh, just, um, you know, go on the website. There's a file, uh, there's a, a, a login there where you can uh, give them your information and uh, they will tell you if you qualify for their great interest rates and uh, chances are very strong that you will and uh, go out and take a look at these vehicles. Do it in person, go out and take a look. Just don't, uh, you know, just don't be some guy who looks at a, website and says wow this is this is what i want go out and look at their inventory it's fantastic yeah. jim and brett paul's a valley group of gmc dealers hastings and apple valley check them out yeah get your hands on so i, I mean it's funny that the hall of fame voting for joe mauer kind of validates what what it felt like at least to me 10 years ago which is the national media and national baseball fans laud joe mauer and they view joe mauer as something entirely different than a lot of the twins fans viewed him for you know his decade and a half career the very interesting twist in joe's career is when he signed his eight-year 184 million dollar contract in march of 2010 it caused a civic celebration because Joe was the cover boy of baseball, the 2009 MVP uh, was I don't was was he on some game that honored baseball? Yeah, then? I know he was. MLB the show, yeah, yeah. And it was man, how did we ever get Joe signed? We thought he was going to go to the Red Sox or the Yankees or someplace like that. And in '11, he got his concussion, uh, and then. In what 14, he moved to first base. Was it 14? He had to move to first base, but he started getting so. injuries as uh, six foot five catchers have a tendency to do take a foul ball off the head once in a while, and uh, that kind of derailed him. And then all of a sudden, uh, he wasn't playing 140 games a year anymore, 150. So uh, the fans uh, uh, turned on him. And how did they ever give him all that money? Well, it became the narrative, which was uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but uh, that, that's what it became. I, I don't, you know what? Do you think, though, that the, it was the social media that was negative on Joe and not so much the, uh, the public in general, the people I mean, who actually went to ball games? He I, got I don't booed at times. Huh? I think it was yeah, the Yeah, he got booed base. a couple of times. I mean, I think the worst PR movie ever made was uh, was it 
2011 when he uh, they were still drawing big crowds at uh, at Target Field, and uh, he laid down that bunt with the guy at second base in the Against ninth Cleveland. inning instead of dri- driving in the run, and uh, people got uh, very upset at that. Uh, it wasn't manly to do that, uh, but uh, that was uh, that was that was a big moment, and you know the the other thing was. You know, bilateral leg weakness was uh, some doctor back in Minnesota talking to uh, Gardy down in Tampa. They were down in Tampa, I believe. And both Morneau and Maurer were going to miss. And, and Joe's legs are bad. You know, Joe's legs are shot. And they, they didn't have it really diagnosed yet. And uh I think the doctor said, well, call it bilateral leg weakness. And then, of course, that's still a joke that lives 20, 14 years later in Minnesota, right? Uh, the bilateral leg weakness. So, uh, uh, but you're right. Nationally, he's a three-time batting champion as a catcher. Not, not that there's never been one in the American League except him, and he did it three times, and he hit 365 as a catcher. And uh, that that's the uh, that's the way the uh, voters outside of Minnesota look at him. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I'm surprised he's going in the first ballot. But then again, the demographic of the uh, of the voters is changing. We got a lot of younger guys in here who don't hold those old things. I mean, I never held that sacred, a first team ballot, a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. Now, I'll admit, some guys I didn't vote for early on and then would kind of wait and look and see that I really think he was a Hall of Famer and uh, and uh, vote for him later in the, on the, in the, in the process. But uh, I think that the, the fact, the younger generation also sees Joe uh, in, a, in a better light than the, the the sacredness of the ballot is not uh, is not the same as for with the younger generation as it is for the older generation. A lot of them, a lot of them vote for ten, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever voted for ten in my life on a, on the ballot. Well, well, one thing being I didn't vote for the steroid guys. So you know, a lot of people who a lot of people who voted for the steroid guys you know, would run out of spots on the ballot. They, they, cause they'd be three, four guys that they'd vote for that I don't vote for. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it is absolutely clear that, uh, and, and wait, if he makes it, you're going to read the comments in the Star Tribune and half of them are going to be not congratulations, Joe. Half of them are going to be, he's not a Hall of Famer, you know? So, but that's the crowd we attract that, the the, the Star Tribune and, and and Twitter too, uh, you know the we we attract the worst people in the world. The Star Tribune comments, so uh, that's, <laughs> that should not be taken as a as a feeling of uh, of the of the entire Twins fan base. That's for sure. Now this isn't like Kirby going in and the most popular player in the history of the Twins and every little kid you interviewed back then saying, uh, "Who's your favorite player, Kirby?" But you know. I, I don't think that uh, hopefully uh, we will uh, celebrate this. I have to cu- get a hold of Winnie and Morris and Molitor and and then Joe's family too and get their addresses that they grew up in. I think three of them will be within a, 
a square two miles, and then Joe Jack's a little further away. But you got you're gonna have four Hall of Famers from St. Paul, who three of them played at Oxford Playground. You know, Joe with you know Joe played at Jimmy Lee Playground just like Molly and uh, and Dave Winfield did. It's it's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. Pat, we spend, to your point, we spend so much time, whether it's Twitter or, you know, whatever, the last 15 years, poking holes, and I'm guilty of this too, poking holes in the things about athletes that we don't love. And, you know, Joe, I don't think Joe did himself favor sometimes by being so private. He didn't, yes. he was, you know, he played hurt and played through more ailments than a lot of people know because he didn't talk about it. And yet he's perceived as a guy that would, you know, oh, he's soft, you would take a, a day game off after a night game, but then you compare his games played to like a Byron Buxton and it's not even close actually. But my yeah. question for you is you've watched decades of baseball. What makes him great? What are the qualities about him as a player that not just like his batting average, but that make him a hall of famer? Well, he was a very good receiver, you know, at six foot five, he was a hell of a catcher. I, uh, I talked to Tony yesterday about him and, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple other guys about him as a catcher. Think of that. It's thinking having that target back there, six foot five, he ended up being, and, uh, and he got low. It wasn't like he sat up way high and, uh, he, he got low and he was a very good receiver. He threw well, but, uh, I think more than anything, he put in a bat in the ball. I mean. Yeah. Let, let's go back to high school. He struck out once, played four years as a regular. I've, we've all interviewed the guy who struck him out, some kid from Anoka, I think it was, who struck him out once. Uh, and but he also was of the era that it wasn't all about power, right? I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's not, it was not acceptable, I mean, to, to be Joey Gallo when he was playing. It wasn't, you weren't going to get a job hitting 160 because you hit 25 or 30 home runs. So Joe, he never got out of that left field swing that he had that left center field swing that served him so well. And he had power to left center. He, you know, one of the things that hurt him was moving to target field because it was harder to hit the ball out in left center than it was in the Metrodome. But uh, he, he stayed with the swing that, he probably had when he was a nine-year-old <laughs> playing at some park and uh, put the bat in the ball. I've always said he, it would have been interesting to see what the changes he might have made if the shift, if the if the shift had existed. You know that if they put three guys on the right-hand side for a left-handed hitter, like they did when he played for them, mm-hmm. they were just starting to do that when he uh, when he was done in 2018 because he was. He was a predictable hitter, you know, fly balls to left field and ground balls to right field, like most left-handed hitters, and uh, not not the left field part, but uh, the, the the right field part. But uh, I would say putting the bat in the ball was uh, was what distinguished him. And uh, I mean, think of 2010. He missed a month, and he came back, and he was God. Oh nine. He was, he was God yeah. in two, 2009. I mean, 2009. He was, he was unbelievable. And people want to wrap him for, uh, well, he never won a, he never won a, a playoff game. Well, maybe he would have, if it wasn't for Phil Cousy. I think he did win a <laughs> playoff game, but uh, uh, I, I, I don't put the, I don't put the. Wrap
rap on a guy for for something like that. But I am, I gotta tell you, I am surprised that he's gonna make it the first ballot. But all the guys who do this, I are saying yes that he's a, he and Beltre is gonna be close to a hundred percent, and yeah. uh, which would have been on. Now I'm a big Beltre guy, but it would have been even six seven years ago it would have been unheard of to have an Adrian Belty get 98% because nobody got 98%. Hell, we just had our first unanimous one in, uh, in, uh, in years, right? Somebody finally was unanimous. Mariano, I think, was the, was the first, first ever. Yeah, yeah Mays yeah. was not. Aaron was yeah. not. Oh, so William, no, no, Willie Mays wasn't. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, so Pat, I, I was I'm old. I wasn't old enough to vote for the Willie Mays you, thing. But, but <laughs> to your point, Pat, Joe DiMaggio had to wait till his third turn. Killebrew yes. had to a wait fourth. till his fourth turn. Yes. yes. So like, yeah. if you think about that, like, yes, it's a different world c- completely. And you know why Harmon had to wait so long? Strikeouts. He struck out. Too oh. You know that that was the. Uh, and if you look at Harmon's strikeouts, he wouldn't be. T- he led the league like three or four or five times, but he wouldn't be in the top 20 now. You know, he was, he would like, oh my God, Harmon struck out 115 times last year and 650 <laughs> at bats or something. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different world and that's fine. It's, it's changed. The voting's changed. I have no problem with it at all. It's a, the, the, that, that's changed. And it, it's actually, kind of more in line with the way I've always voted, except for the steroid guys. So, although I got bad news, I didn't get my ballot. So I told them I didn't get my ballot or didn't, I don't got lost in the mail or what happened. So I had them send me another ballot, which took four or five days. We were already past the deadline. So I, they sent me another one. They said they were going to, uh, sent it FedEx, but it only got it. It took about three days. I sent it back priority mail a week ago and they sent out a notice yesterday. If you're getting this email, we didn't get your ballot. So what I contacted the guy. So, uh, I, I might, I might not have, uh, at number <laughs> old number five might not have voted this time. So. What if Joe falls just short? It's going to be if like Joe a curve. Falls one short. <laughs> I'm going to be your vote cost him. Yes, I'm going to be very upset, but I sent it priority mail. I sent it. Oh, my God. It was priority mail. It was priority mail. I texted the guy, you know, like it's going to be there. I sent it. It was going to be there last Saturday. They promised me it would be in the mail mail there last Saturday, and they they said they haven't gotten it yet because you got to send it to New York, and then they sent it to Cooperstown or something. But I... I think it's going to say blank for me and it's going to look like God, he forgot, you know, I don't, I, I probably waited too long to tell him I haven't seen it, but remember we were, we weren't getting any mail for like yeah. 10 days here after, after Christmas. So uh, I, I didn't think much of it. And finally I called him and it's going to leak to someone's going to, someone's going to sabotage you. Yeah. Someone's going to, he's going to come one vote shy and it's going to be, Long-time local ball guy, yes. Patrick Royce. A so, mail carrier stole it and is going to have voted and won't have voted for Mallory. Well, somebody, I don't know. God, who knows? You get the big, huge, might have. 
I might have dropped it walking back from the mailbox and some car ran over it out in the street. Who knows what the hell happened to it's it? A golden but, ticket. Uh, I got a Hall of Fame ba- I got a Hall of Fame ballot and I was excited. Oh, my Hall of Fame ballot's here and I opened it up and it was for the the uh sports writer uh, award, uh, you know, which Jerry Fraley won, thank God. But uh but that was that way I thought, oh my my Hall of Fame ballot's here and that was wasn't the Hall of Fame ballot. So I did fill out a hall. I saw the list and I filled it out. I printed it out and filled it out for myself. You know, studied it for half hour or so and, and filled it out and had it sitting here, but I didn't get a ballot. So I, I, uh, you know, Joe, I voted for you, but it might not have gotten to the, it, it might not be in the official yeah. count, which will mean that when they list all your votes, it'll say, I, I don't know if it counts. I don't think if it if they don't receive it, it's not counting as a. As so a, it wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't count against his percentage. Wouldn't count against his percentage. No, I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like wishful thinking to me. Yeah, I I said it, it sounds like wishful thinking to me. Well, in that case, if the absent votes don't do count against you, I got two because I was number five. And then the one I got was number 376 because they sent me another, you know, it was uh, in case the other one was floating around there. So maybe I gave him two blank votes. Oh, Go no, Joe. No. Oh, Go Beltre Joe. would have been 100% he missed- except he was, yeah. Beltre wasn't on two ballots. Who was the yeah, a yeah, right. <laughs> Beltre, Beltre missed on two ballots. Yeah, I, I, uh, oh, I don't know. And here's the bad news. Because I didn't, here's the even worse news. Because I didn't think Joe was going to make it, the Hall of Fame, I think I told you this, the Hall of Fame contacted me a month ago and said, do you want to write 1,800 words for our program on Joe? We need it a week after he makes it. And I said, yeah, sure, I can do it, no problem. You know, you're in the Hall of Fame, they they pay you something, and you're in the Hall of Fame program. You know, right, you can honor Joe. So, uh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Now I might get stuck having to do that. <laughs> Crank it out here while I'm uh, well, while I'm busy. But it's not going to be hard to write 1,800 words on him. God, it's, uh, you know, we've done enough through the years, to say the least, starting with and he was, You know what he is? Bottom line, greatest high school athlete in Minnesota history, yeah. without a doubt. When you're the number one football recruit and the number one ba- and your number one draft in baseball, and you're also one of the top ten basketball players in the state as a six foot four point guard, I'd say. And you know what is you know what his number one sport is now? Hockey. He's playing senior men's hockey. Yeah, how about that, man? Yeah, he's he never played it as a kid. You know. But yeah, he's, now, he's he seems really hockey. happy too. Like he's. He doesn't. I mean, his body wouldn't let him play baseball anymore. So it wasn't yeah. like he has regrets on that front. No. But he, yeah, uh, I th- that last day when they honored him, uh, you know, and then he took one pitch, and then he, you know, they basically threw one non-competitive pitch, and then he retired as a catcher, and they had the ceremony right then, and it was. Two three-year-old twin girls of his jumped out of the stands down in the corner and took off running like rabbits to get to him. And I said, the Bauer gene has traveled to these kids. Oh, look, at yeah. these, 
look at these three-year-olds motor. You know? <laughs> they're, they're playing for UConn, a hundred percent. Or soccer phenoms or yeah. some damn thing. They're going to be, they're a whoosh. Yeah. You know, hey, Rocco, in our last couple minutes before we uh, say goodbye for the weekend, just want to get, I'm going to read you a quote and then I have a question for you here. Just switching subjects for a second. So Kirk Cousins is doing a big media tour and, I think I think it's very strategic in that we're, you know, two months away from free agency. He wants to show everyone, hey, I'm here, I'm alive. I got stem cell treatment in the Caribbean, all this stuff. And CBS asked him in a Zoom interview, hey, would you ever play for Bill Belichick? Would that ever interest you? And Belichick is two interviews deep right sure. now with the Falcons. And Kirk said, I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to play for a future Hall of Fame coach. We'll have to see where March leads. There's just a lot of unknowns right now. Yes. But uh, he doesn't want to turn his back on the Vikes either by saying, yeah, I'd love to play for Bill Belichick. But uh, but he wants the Vikings to know that, hey, where we're at right now, yeah, negotiating-wise, yeah. is not enough yes. for me to totally reject this notion in an interview with CBS. Right? No, and uh, Atlanta, obviously, I mean, he's not going there to lose, is he? Belichick. No, he's, he's he already, needs he, he needs like three ten win seasons, right, to get yeah. to get to Shula's record. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, I, cousins. Who do they got? They don't have a quarterback. Right? Desmond Ritter and Taylor yeah. Heineke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Taylor and the eighth those. pick, which they they can use on a different position. But you, I, but I forgot their last the three picks, Pat. All offense, uh, uh, Pitts, the receiver, London, and there's oh, Bijan. and Bijan. Robinson. So they've got a ton of offensive talent if Kirk comes in there. Yeah, that would be a good spot for him because Bill is not going to draft a developmental quarterback. Uh, uh, and and Ritter is not the answer either. He sometimes throws it in the bleachers when the guy's, uh, yeah. you know, when the guy's open down the field. So, yeah, that makes sense. That'd be a good spot for him. I don't know what their cap situation is, but it's probably. They have a lot. They have more than the, more than the Vikings. Yeah, they still they they they're probably out from under Matt Ryan by now, right? They're not paying. That's they, a good question. Are they? Yeah, I think. I mean, I, well, they, I think that would all have come off the books the year after he was gone. I'm guessing. So yeah. Shock of the year and top pro football. Oh, Mike McCarthy coming back. That's amazing to me, isn't it? Isn't As he said too in his media press conference, he said, "We have a championship program. We just mm-hmm. haven't won a championship <laughs> or a game for that matter." But, <laughs> Jerry's uh, gotten soft though. Jerry I, I also me. heard somebody saying that Dak loves him, and they're stuck with Dak for next year for fifty-two mil. So they mm. might say, "Well, we got to roll with it once more, and if it doesn't work, we'll get rid of both of them." You know, so yeah. that that could be the thing. But I, I told you, I'll go here. But I told you guys, I I happened to on a post game after the. Packers blowout of of a local TV crew from Dallas, a man and a woman on the field. This is an hour after the game talking about this is not the standard for this franchise. This is not what this Stanford. You were last in the conference championship game 28 years ago, 27 years ago. This is your standard. This is it. You know, you got a beautiful stadium. You fill it up. You get a hundred thousand idiots in there, but this is your standard. It has become your standard. So, uh, what are you complaining about? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the, for for an entire generation. This is who the Cowboys are. We've been in three conference. We've been in four conference finals since they've been in one. Right? Four. Yeah, choking right? them all away. Boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're, 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 we got standards. The Cowboys they, don't have standards anymore. We have They standards. have not been the same since Jimmy Johnson left. Yeah, Barry Switzer came in and won one, but that, that was with Jimmy's team. And after Jerry basically tried to, to take control, they have never been the same since. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've been in his. I've been in their locker room a couple of times when he comes in and holds court. If yeah. you were the coach and he's telling you everything that happened in the game, you're the coach sitting over there watching this. You got to say, this job stinks. You know, I got. I got an owner. Wouldn't you? How about Z walking down and breaking down the game in the play in the middle of the, the middle of the <laughs> locker room after a horrible defeat? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I'd actually love to see that. It'd be great. Yes. Dressed, dressed as Wario. Yeah. Zigmaster. All right. Oh, man. Good. All right, see Pat. You, Have a good weekend. Sounds good. Enjoy your uh, your divisional round weekend. That's Roycey Unchained. Is this a here. super divisional round? No, Let we got know. rid of the word super. It's what just happened? divisional round. How can, how can the wild card weekend be super and the divisional weekend not? I don't get it. Maybe we need a new, so we have super wild card weekend. Can we do stupendous divisional round weekend or dynamic divisional round? We already know you, this is super. Did I ever even... tell you how much I hate the fact that modern youth of America and athletes are I'm super excited. I hate that. You're, you're, you're just, just excited. excited. They throw super in front of everything. It's but the there's, there's another fault. level. I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's a super. I'm so super excited. Oh, stop doing that. <laughs> By the way, hey, real quick. Timberwolves would have lost that game last year. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, all together now, America, Minnesota. We would have lost another game. We would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roycey Unchained, presented by Josh Arnold Investments.